Hey, it's Pat and Tom. We work right down the hall at KNCI, the country station. And right now you're listening to Carmichael Dave. And we want to encourage you to keep listening to Carmichael Dave. Yeah, he's got two kids he's trying to put through college. He's got a Tesla payment for crying out loud. He needs your help. He's got that giant weird forehead, too, which makes social interaction difficult. Sure, Dave has some issues, but he's a good guy overall. Yeah, plus Jason Ross. I mean, come on. Everybody likes Jason. And everybody likes Dave? Everybody loves Jason. So keep listening to this show. We're just going to play Morgan Wallen in 10 minutes anyway. And Jelly Roll. The Carmichael Dave Show. He's on the microphone when he's not on the microphone. He's playing a song, and when he's not playing a song, he's on the microphone, and then boom! With Jason Ross. No! He didn't! Yes! He did! Call or text at 916-339-1140. It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross on Sacktown Sports. That was acceptable. I'm fine with that. That's, <laughs> That's a, a respectable job. Yeah. Did, were you aware? Ah, everyone's in on it, but Dave. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, uh, I, uh, after the show. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? I love that hoodie. It's new. It is new. Yeah. It's bright. It's popping. Yeah. Um, I had a uh, long conversation with our our power that be yesterday about the uh, about the fit I was throwing yesterday and the issue I had with the lead in. What it basically comes down to, he actually made a couple of points that that I I was okay with. Um, upstairs got, or downstairs power? Upstairs. I went straight upstairs. I felt like going downstairs would be kind of end around. I yeah. wanted to go right to the source. Um, just what it comes down to is, uh, I think we're getting more out of those from 50,000 feet than they are. And like, I shouldn't like it. It's okay for me not to like it, but it's actually, there's a strategy where it's better for all concerned. It's just annoying. I like that one. Let's play that one every day. What's there? There's a kernel of truth to that. I do have a huge forehead. Everybody loves you. How are you? Good. How was your day yesterday? Um, good. Got a good nap in yesterday. Did you? Yeah. I don't always nap, but one where I was asleep, actually didn't go to the bedroom, just went to the couch and yeah. just kind of went and then <clears throat> like woke myself up like, did I, was I snoring? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm right back. Isn't that the weirdest thing where like you wake yourself up snoring and yeah. you're not sure if anyone else heard it? Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, that's yeah, true. Like, okay. All right. Well, we both had couch naps yesterday. Yeah. Isn't it weird that you try to hide it when there's no point in it? 100%. (laughs) Well, because I don't know. Like, I think it woke me up. Was it loud or is this like an earthquake sound? Like, did I wake up the city? Right. Did anybody hear it? And she's looking at me like, no, that was you. I'm like, all right, that was pretty loud then, I guess. Yeah, because when you wake up, you can feel the snore. Yeah. Which is a And maybe it could have been like like that. Or was it like, you know, shaking the walls? And so. um, Remember when they had that on towels? Feel the snore. Yes, <laughs> it was a I big do. thing. Yeah, here we snore. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it was good quality. I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour maybe. Oh, really? Yeah. 45 minutes to an hour is a good nap for you. I have I mean, Re- no, I'll I'm take asking. It. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Why do you go for a I try two, to go for. I try to go for an hour to two hours if I can. But it also varies on the day. Like, 
Monday naps are usually my longest because you're reacclimating. Yeah, and I've had a little bit of reacclimation, anyways. And then as the week goes on, you know, I can I'm good. Yeah, I may not nap again this week. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's rare. I don't know. I get get. I used to not nap at all. Yeah. And then I've had a few more lately. But I knew I had a late night with the game. Sure. So I was like, uh, let's. I'm a little sleepy. Never gonna nap again. Guilty feet got no rhythm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my nap got me in trouble though because I had a three thirty. Uh, Zoom interview with uh, our friend, our new friend, uh, new new friend of the show, soon to be, Brody Brazil in the Bay Area. Oh, yeah. I love him. I'm such a huge fan of his. And a lot of it, well, first off, he's very talented. Yeah. Secondly, you're obsessed with his equipment. I'm obsessed Hello. with his. Yes. I am obsessed with his. It's like if, uh, I don't know, if you're like a car aficionado and you go to a buddy's house or some, you know, your buddy's buddy and you're in their garage and they've got like all these, I don't understand cars, but these amazing cars. How long did you talk to him about the setup before the actual interview? So funny you asked that. Or was it after? Well, the interview is at 3.30. I woke up about 3 and I have this setup in my, my our home office where, um, you know. We've seen you on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do a lot of stuff at home. And so, you know, I turn on my, my board and the computer and all it usually takes me two two three minutes to get ready right so i'm in there i'm setting everything up and i realize oh god oh something's seriously wrong here i didn't i didn't do this i didn't wait why is this oh my god so now it's like 325 and i'm trying to do this is the first time i've spoken to brody uh in 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 air quotes person and 330 comes in. i can't get anything to work I'll cut to the chase. While I was gone, <laughs> while I was gone, my spawn had a uh, meeting with her band friends and decided to use daddy's setup on her computer. And then she thought she'd fixed it, but she didn't. And so I had to undo all the, anyways, the conversation happened on the phone briefly where we postponed to today. Because I didn't, I didn't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to have this half-ass setup. I'm already gonna look stupid. Okay, I'm already gonna look stupid. First and foremost, just as a general rule. Secondly, compared to Brody's setup, right. and then thirdly, you know, I just wanted to be half-ass professional and be ready for it. So I, I had to undo everything, redo it, and then set up. It was too late to do it with anyone, so I had to set up my own like Zoom meeting on my phone so I could make sure I could hear stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yes, I can promise you, I'm sure our conversation will have a lot to do with the A's and mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. But there's going to be, I'm taking at least five minutes of this interview just to obsess on his setup because it's it's maybe ma- before the interview. No, during the interview, <laughs> I'm I'm hijacking the interview okay. and I'm going to slobber all over his setup and you know. Because I, I, it's a, maybe the best, I don't even know if you want to call it a podcast, but I think it's important. Like, we're on YouTube, and we got there, and it's good that we got there, and I'm happy that we got there. But let's be honest. Like, the 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 visuals could be a little better. Like, the, the and I'm not just talking about the way you and I look. Yeah. I'm talking about, like, the stuff that drives me crazy. Like, like we're looking at it right now. Like, your camera's kind of off, mind-centered. Yeah. What is this background here? It's got potential, but here's the computer, and we have, like, random stuff. Like, you and I should both have the exact same background. Yeah, exactly. You should have the camera centered right in you so you can talk right in. The, you know, there's little stuff like that. And then I'm watching, you know, 
and, and this is in no way a uh, a shot or a, any disrespect, but I'm watching uh, Kyle and, and Whitey Gleason yesterday afternoon. I'm watching their oh, stream at the, at the arena, and I and I understand that they have certain limitations, of course. But like Kyle's angle is like from the bottom of the desk straight up. It, you know, it's like bottom to top. It's like the worst possible angle you could have. And then Whitey's is like, uh, and it's not their fault right. at all. It's just in a perfect world, and there's only so much you can do at the arena, but we have that opportunity. Yeah. It would be cool to spend a little bit of money that we we don't have to, to you know, at least elevate the cameras so they're centered on just little stuff like that. Agreed. You look oh, at, man, I'm out of cash. You look at, you look at uh, and then you look at a guy like Brody set up, and granted, you know, it's his own studio and blah, blah, at home. I assume it's at home, but... You know, there's like a little potted plant. The lighting's perfect, and the sound is compressed beautifully. It's very nerdy. It's like, you know, if Jay Mars were still here, he would. it's like how he is about his records. Yeah. Chris, are you nerdy about it? I, I know the answer to that, but is there anything, you know what I'm talking about. Is there anything like that that applies to you that you're just, you get geeked over and you're super like nerd technologically? out? Technologically? Uh, I guess, unless no. you, no. All right, well, thanks for that, Jason. <laughs> You, um, I mean, you geek out on you're like oh I could it's got to be done this way or I, or I could talk about this all day or oh my god look at that that's an amazing setup it could be a backyard it could be a barbecue setup it could be uh, radio stuff I don't know I don't know I I, I don't know if it's quite the same parallel I kind of geek out over like play by play that's I like think, people and their yeah. craft or listen to what they do and yeah you and you I know are, why they said yeah, that or like yeah. sometimes I'll say that to my wife like during the game and go. They did this, or they don't know that, and then she's like, "What? Uh-huh. Like, never mind." Or yeah, or like, "Hey, somebody just told him that in his IFB." The yeah. weird thing, like, this is just. Do you notice that working in radio, you can hear like edits and things that other yes. people don't hear? Thirty thousand percent. And then it bothers you. It's like, why are they pretending that they're still doing this? And they're people are like, "What are you talking about?" Well, that's the thing. And then you point it out to wife, friends, whoever aren't in the business. You're like, "Oh my god." Did you see? And I'll like rewind it. Yeah, it's like, like, oh, this is terrible. And they're like, Wait, okay, I didn't. Yeah, weird. And they just look at you like you're just an absolute. And so one of the things are like, am I working too hard? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that applies to anyone and any. You could be an accountant. You're yeah. reading some tax code. And you're like, hey, that's, that's incorrect. Like, that's incorrect. Yeah. Everybody geeks out. You should have hit this. <sighs> exactly. So yes, I, I'm geeked out over. Uh, over a visit. I'll let I'm you attempting to those. dazzle Dave. And then uh, I told, in fact, on our phone call yesterday, I said, uh, hey, look, but you got to return the, I don't know if you call it a favor. I'm not doing him a favor, but you got to return the, he's got to come on. I mean, yeah. We have Casey Pratt, who we love, out at ABC7. Yeah, well, Brody's dialed into this uh, stuff Brody, big time. I think they're the two most dialed-in personalities on the whole thing. So as, as we head towards summer, I'm getting the increasing feeling that it's going to be a little bit, not exactly the same, but a little bit like it was 10, 12 years ago, where one of the more exciting things we're going to cover this summer has nothing to do with actual baseball, but it will be the ongoing saga of the A's. And I'm, I'm already kind of thinking about ways we can, you know, harness that content. Because I think, I, I wish I was wrong, but I think the off the old exploits of the A's are going to be far more interesting than the on Oh, exploits. likely. And then especially whether or not, if it does happen, if Sacramento's involved. It yeah. changes the game, too, for everybody locally. I'm increasingly of the idea that, um, and I, this is where I, this is me just, I want to be really clear. This is not sourced. I, I've not heard this from anyone. 
I'm increasingly starting to think that we might be uh, a leverage play. Mm. I don't know that they're serious. I really don't. Well, I don't. I think to be a leverage play, they would have to have an idea of what they're going to do. I think they. I think they want to ultimately either. I don't think they want to extend their stadium lease in Oakland. I don't think that's it. I think they're trying. I think in the end, if I'm right, we're going to see some deal cut in Nevada, some sort of subsidies going to improving a park. I, I think Sacramento and perhaps it could be as simple as Sacramento's being used to leverage Salt Lake City and get a better deal there. Because I know Salt Lake, like one trillion percent, wants this to happen. There's no public blowback whatsoever. They don't have the same issues because they're not incestuous like we are with. A's fans here locally. They don't have that issue in Utah. Um, it could be as simple as it's a leverage. Sacramento is a leverage play for Salt Lake, or they're both leverage plays for something else. But I keep going back to the names on the scoreboard. That doesn't happen unless you want this public. That wasn't like River Cats people on their own accord being like, hey, let's put John Fisher's name up on. No, you, the way these things work, you have to know that's okay. You have to know they're okay with that. And if that's the case, that could just be as simple as, no, we're okay with this being public. But the fact that they're that okay with it being public tells me they want the discourse and there's there's some other underlying play here business I could agree with that, but this would be like the first time during that saga that they've done something like that. Because they... You're right. You could say they leveraged the A's offer to get a better deal in Vegas. Mm-hmm but they don't really have anything in Vegas. No, they don't. And that's the other scary thing is like they legit, what I see yesterday, the Tropicana is still taking, uh, they're still taking and fulfilling like $500 night stays. like Through what, the entire year. It, right, exactly. Like the whole, you can't follow normal directions with these guys because quite frankly, I just, I'm not convinced they have any idea how to cut a deal or close a deal. And I think that's kind of where it's at, which is again, I'll say this, why? Call me stupid. No big deal. Wouldn't be the first time. I'm not entirely convinced Oakland's off the table. I, mm. I'm i not entirely convinced great. that in the end, uh, if they're blocked enough, that there may not be some sort of, uh-oh, Oakland, all of a sudden there's a secret meeting and they might be back in play if this Vegas thing, but, 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 but. And now you leverage them against each other. Anyways, that's all fun and games. We're late for a break. When we come back, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Sacramento Kings won a basketball game at home, and it wasn't that scary. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> so I did jazz claps. Celebrate. Uh, yay. Thumbs up. Uh, we had a lot of scoring last night in the NBA. And uh, interesting that we had a lot of scoring yesterday of all days. And then we'll update you from what we know, at least, on uh, Debo Samuel. We've got all kinds of stuff going on, including Nick Johnson, future Sacramento Sports Hall of Famer. That's cool. He's going to join us. Sean Salisbury will join us at 813. Uh, Nick, just before that at 8 a.m., we got a big, fat, hairy show, show, show for you. Sit back. Relax. It's Dave. It's Jason. It's Chris. We'll lead it off now. Let's do it. Leading off the three top stories in the morning. Huge news. This is very important. Here's cut number one. Win column. They do it tonight, beating Atlanta 122 to 107 to post their 24th victory of the season, improving the home court record now to 14 and 8. And that will set the tone for Sacramento 
and will now leave on their longest road trip of the year. Wind column. Well, a uh, little late on the highlight, but we got the gist there. Thank you, uh, G-Man Gary Gerald for, by the way, um, I don't think I've mentioned this yet. Uh, Comstock Magazine with a really nice article on uh, Gary Gerald. What are you What are you smiling about? Nothing. I'll tell you later. Okay. Really nice article. I think Chris is smiling because we all smile when we think of Gary yeah. Gerald. Absolutely. A really nice article on uh, on, on G-Man and uh, his life and his legacy. And uh, always good to see him get the press he deserves. The Kings snap their season high four-game losing streak. Uh, they beat the Atlanta Hawks. Who, uh, I mean, now basically we, we kind of own the Atlanta Hawks. Like, little sweeperoo. Like, when do we ever lose to them? You know, in the game when you are, you know, every time the Kings play, we're like, can, can this be a Willody? Right. And as, you know, they were up comfortably, it got to seven. Uh-huh. And the Hawks were shooting still like 30-something percent. I'm like, you know, up 24 at home. Now Trey Young. Yeah. We we could we could get there if they came back. You mean yeah, oh, this could yeah. be it. And you're like, oh my god! But yeah, seven was the closest. Then I think it was like a ten zero run, eleven two or something like that. Back to eighteen or nineteen. It's like all right, they got it. What I love about this time of year is that it is one hundred percent showcase season. <laughs> Do not think it's a coincidence that Jonte Murray and Harrison Barnes combined for sixty seven points last night. Murray's actually had a really yeah. good week and a half, couple of game winners. Well he had to do what he had to do. He yesterday. he did. Uh and and I will continue to say it sounds like he may be going to the Lakers, of course. But uh I, I that's that's an upgrade at the two. If there, if it was out there, I would I would absolutely uh, go for either way Harrison Barnes shows up what do you have 19 in the first half I something believe? like that yeah uh, uh more scoring last night for Harrison Barnes than his previous four games combined and I believe sets his new season high opening night was 31 I think no 33 or 36 oh was it yeah, oh I'm sorry I thought there, it was th- yeah. oh you know I'm thinking of Kevin Hurd the yeah. other day uh, another, but a good game for Harrison Barnes. I'm happy for yeah. him. Whether this is, you know, goodbye, here, here's what I can do, or or not, which is just as likely. We've seen this before. Um, r- rough night for De'Aaron Fox. 5 of 16, 12 points. In fact, Jason, I think if you'd have told me that, that Sabonis and Fox would combine for 26 points, I just said, uh-oh. Yeah, and they didn't get till 10 until late for both of them. That's and I right. thought, I don't know this for sure, but I'd be willing to bet there hasn't been a single game that they've played together where they haven't had double figures. De'Aaron Fox has averaged 31, 30, 29.3, and as we're getting towards the end of January, is averaging 21.7 points. Please keep in mind, there's a 30, a 32, and a 33-point performance in there, and he's still averaging just under 22 points. We'll talk about this yeah. a little bit later. Uh, Jason Anderson of the B and, and Sean Cunningham of uh, uh, mainly Sean, uh, yeah, mainly Sean uh, had an opportunity to to speak to De'Aaron before the game, and you know you want to be careful here because what you don't want to do is assume. You don't want to put words in a player's mouth. You don't want to guess his emotions or meanings on things. But I will just say this. As somebody, uh, just my opinion, as somebody who has covered and watched De'Aaron since he came in the league and 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 has gotten used to certain mannerisms and ways, it really seems like something is wrong. I don't know if it's, I have no idea. It could be physical. It could be he's mad about something that happened. Maybe he's just mad at the losing. 
I, I don't know. But the fact that he didn't talk to the media, I didn't even realize it was this long for 16 days, and then kind of broke his silence yesterday. Uh, we'll have the audio for you, and then we'll fill in the, the body language as yeah. best we can. But I think it's it's worth a conversation. That's your alpha and omega. I mean, Sabonis is the guy too, but De'Aaron's ahead of the snake. And if De'Aaron ain't right, the Kings ain't right. So we need to have a conversation about yeah, that. Yeah, I know Mike Brown, and we've got some of that audio too, talked about how where De'Aaron was earlier in the season was playing at an elite level. So he set a bar that right now he's not at. Right. And that's... I don't want to say it's De'Aaron's fault. It just he's shown us, like, look, you can be in the sure. MVP conversation. Yeah. The way he's played the last three weeks is not that. And I just want to stress, and I'll stress this again when we talk about it, because if you're a four-hour listener, I'm sorry, it's repetitive, but keep in mind our audience turns over all the time. I will, I will stress every time we talk about this, it could be a family issue. It could be he's hiding an injury. We it could know. be like horrible things that would make you feel terrible for criticizing him. So you really have to tread lightly and not speculate and not, even though I just kind of speculated, but I'm going to, I'm going to refrain from any criticisms. It's just a, I wonder what's going on. I hope everything's okay. And let people hear it. Exactly. All right. Cut number two, please. Cut number two. I, it wasn't broken. So that, that was a real good sign. Um, but, uh, Still hurting too much for us to really have an idea how it's going to heal, heal up this week. So we just got to be patient, see how he feels on Wednesday. And, um, you know, based off if it's improving, it'll give us a better idea whether he has a chance for the game or not. Because he is such a unique player, you kind of put together an idea of, of not necessarily, you know, a completely different game plan, but certain plays that would involve him that you may not be able to run Sunday. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, if if we know he's not available, which I think hopefully we would know that by Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or at least in those three days, um, then it you know makes it easier at least from a game po- game plan standpoint. You don't have to do much, but if there's any chance, which I think we'll have a better idea by Wednesday, um, obviously there'll be things in there for him. Okay, they are a different team without Debo Samuel. In fact, somebody asked me yesterday. If you knew Debo Samuel wasn't playing, should the 49ers be an underdog? Mm. I don't know that I'd say an underdog, yeah. but honest to God, if I'm a Vegas bookmaker and I'm just trying to nail the line, I'm putting it like one and a half. Yeah, it changes without him. Big for sure. time changes. Yeah. They have yet to, sh- bottom line is this, they have yet to show they can win without Debo Samuel. Now, they also missed Trent Williams. Yeah. Chris McCaffrey was banged up. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Well, Saturday they did. Uh, Saturday, yeah, you know, you're right. Uh, <laughs> you're right. Um, I don't want to go through that again, though. Yeah. I want a 44-3 win. Yeah. I don't want any of this come-from-behind crap. I want a 44. I want them to win 44-3, and I want whoever is – I want the AFC Championship game, part of me. I want that to be – well, part of me wants it to be like 44-3, too, so it could just be the two Titans going at it. But then the other part of me wants that AFC Championship game to be like triple overtime. You'd rather play the Titans. I would much rather play the Titans, who uh, factor into our our NFL talk today, as they may have themselves a brand new head coach. All right, cut number three, please. Cut number three. And Robinson with games like that, and B with the ball after a steal. Joel drives it down the lane, left hand layup. It's up and good. Seventy points for B. hundred and thirty-three to hundred and eighteen. Yeah, seventy for MB. 60-something. Two. Two. Thank <laughs> you. 
in a bad. They had a Willody. Uh, yeah, and, and Charlotte Willody. Yeah, Charlotte's that's two Willody. Charlotte's responsible. They lead, Charlotte's tenth win. Yeah, they might lead the league in Willody percentage yeah. though. Uh, yeah, Cat sixty two and Bean seventy. Well, we have comments from uh, the Minnesota head coach on that game. That yeah. Are, at one point, Cat had 55. Uh-huh. Anthony Edwards, who I think is their best player, had zero. Yeah. And I'm like, this doesn't seem right to me. I want to say I took a screenshot of it. Yeah. At I think the, he was 0 for 1. Just after the half, Carl Anthony Towns, who had 44 at the half, he had 46. This is like 11 and a half left in the third. McDaniels had seven. Gobert had six. Alexander Walker had five. Anthony Edwards was 0 of 1. Like, the starters had 18 points. Cat had 46. Hmm. I, I, I get it. I get it. You know what? They they screwed around and found out yep. is, is what they did. We will take a break. When we come back, Kings win, Kings win. The, uh, 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 Kings win. And we've got the audio and a little bit of post-game reaction for you. All coming up on Guess What? You're home of the Sacramento Kings, Sacktown Sports. Michael Dave Show with Jason Ross. Call or text at 916-339-1140. On Sacktown Sports. Here is Kevin Herter with his first three-point launch. He scores the triple. Kings on top by three at 10-7. Dribble handoff to Herter. Drives it, leaves his feet, kicks it out to Barnes, steps into the triple, in, out, and in. Eight points in the opening quarter for Harrison Barnes, and that's significant because in the last six games, Harrison has averaged five and a fraction points. Here's a drive by Barnes, pull up, two-pointer, score another one for Harrison Barnes. 17 first-half points for Harrison Barnes. We hit the five-minute mark in this second quarter. Harrison's on the right angle, down to three, down to two, drives on bogey, pulls up baseline, hits the floater, three-tenths of a second to go. 19 first-half points for Harrison Barnes. And on the inbound pass, the horn sounds. Sacramento has held their opponent to 40 points. Fox straight away has picked up the dribble against DeJounte Murray. Feeds it past to Malik Monk. Hounded by Bogdanovich. Enters to Sabonis with room to work in the low post. Rolls to his left pocket. Pass goes inside to Barnes. Got post position. Up fake once against Sadiq Bey. He lures him into the foul and he scores. And how about 28 game high points for Harrison Barnes. To Sabonis inside. Rolls to his left. Sweeping hook. He's got it. That was a long range sweeping hook for Dematis Sabonis. That was out there 10 to 12 feet from the iron. Sabonis has eight in the quarter, 12 in the game. Transition three. DeJounte Murray knocks down another triple. It's 114-107. A minute 14 to go. And Murray now has 35 points. Here's Fox breaking down the defense. Runs right to the rim. He's fouled, and this time it wandered the iron, but it did fall in. And Fox gets an and one. That puts him in double figures. He becomes the sixth king to score at least 10 points in this game. So after losing four straight for the first time since the start of last season, 
The Kings are back in the win column. They do it tonight, beating Atlanta 122 to 107 to post their 24th victory of the season, improving the home court record now to 14 and eight. And that will set the tone for Sacramento. who will now leave on their longest road trip of the year. That ended on a sad note. Longest road trip of the year. Starting tomorrow. Or Thursday. Do you think the um do you think the audience on YouTube was able to follow along more because of our visual aids? Possibly. I don't know. Except for the time when uh, I had one. Maybe also when thanks you're... thanks to Brock Purdy for standing in as one of the Atlanta defenders. Oh, is that who he was? That's what I was Why doing. is his face all dented? Because Dave punched him. Remember last week you punched him? I thought I was punching him lower. Is that is Whoa. that for me? Yeah. Why is at first I thought you said why is his face al dente? I'm like, why do you that's weird. Um honestly what I did was I, I was trying to wake him up. Mm. Every single thing that every fan does at home or at the stadium makes a direct impact in the game. <clears throat> See? So you had an impact. I had an impact. Yeah, every oh, single thing. Maybe although maybe that's why he struggled. Could be. Maybe that's why he struggled. Kings we both take credit and blame. You know what? It's a win. I'll take credit for that. Yeah. That's fine. I'll take credit for last night's win. I'll take credit for all the wins. I will blame the losses on Chris. Either way, uh, Kings win. Kings win. The Kings win. On a night where, uh, let's be honest, let's not forget, they pick up a game on the first place Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, they did. How about that? That much closer. That much closer. Just a standings check here. They moved up a spot. They did move up a spot. They are now the seven seed. They are just a half game out of the five seed. Yeah. The problem is the top four, right? Obviously, the Kings want to get in the top six to avoid the plan. Mm -hmm. Ideally, though, your top four to have a home court in that first round. But that's going to... That first four is separating themselves a bit. They really are. The, the Timberwolves uh, are in first. The Thunder Nuggets are Thunder half Nuggets. Each half game back. And then, um, as a matter of fact, the Thunder and Timberwolves, as Grant would always say, they're tied in the loss column. Yeah. Not time to watch that, but tied yeah. in the loss column. Then you got the Nuggets and Clippers uh, half game back, uh, and then the Clippers, uh, again, two games back, though they are just one game back in the loss column. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have the Suns, the Pelicans, and the Kings. It's about time for the Pelicans to melt down, isn't it? Them and, you know, the Suns right now are in the hottest group, right? Haven't they won six, six in a row? In a row. Nearly lost last night. Obviously, the Kings could have beat them in that stretch, should have beat them in that stretch. But um, long way to go. But it's now I feel like we watch every night. I mean, I have been for a while, but it's like, ooh, that team lost. That helped. Oh, man, that was a good win for that team, those kind of things. Do you off the top of your head, because I would not have gotten this, do you know what was the longest active uh, winning streak in the NBA? It's not Phoenix. It's not. Um, that surprised me. Well, it's someone in the. E oh yeah, I do know. It's the K Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers have won eight in a row. Yeah, Kings play them on this. I think the final game of the road trip, going for the sweep of Cleveland. And I'm fine with that. And I they've been without Mobley here for a while, mm -hmm. and some of the streak, I think, even without Mitchell. Is Mobley the problem in Cleveland? Clearly, mm, I don't know. Uh, it was a it was a good win last night. Look, let's be honest. Uh, Atlanta ain't great. They're eighteen and twenty five. This is a game you should win. But I don't know, Jason. It's going to take a while for me to be uh, back in the should win category. Mm -hmm. I, at at this point, I don't expect the Kings to should win any game. The, everything's on the table because we've had some wonderful wins this year. 
uh, over the Minnesotas and Oklahoma cities of the world. Uh, and then we've had these, as we've talked about ad nauseum, these terrible, terrible losses. Now you get ready to go out on the road, as you mentioned, the, uh, the, the longest road trip uh, of the season. And as a matter of fact, we'll talk about this later. This is just a hell of a stretch for the Kings. They, they just wrapped up a five-game road trip of which uh, some of that was, I mean, it was East Coast, Midwest, worked their way back. They come home for two. Now they go out for seven, although one of them we, we pointed out that's yeah. uh, Thursday at Golden State, which is great because we haven't played them in 20 minutes. So an, another game in Golden State, that's on TNT, by the way. Yeah, final time with them. Uh, then you have a, the, the, the six games after that. So you're going to leave, I would imagine, I think you're going to leave. They are from. Yeah, they're going to leave straight from there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, off to Dallas, you got Memphis, Miami, Indy, Chicago, Cleveland. Then you come back home for the weirdest the weirdest two home game stretch in the league. I can promise you that. You have the worst team in the league, followed by the defending world champions. Detroit and then Denver. And then you go back out on the road again for three. Home for one. On the road for one. Home for one. On the road for two. Home for one. On the road for one. And then you finally get yourself a six-game homestand. Yeah. The 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 other benchmarks in there, that um, Detroit game, so that's the first game home after that seven-game road February trip. 7th. It's the day before the deadline, mm. or the day or two days before. So I think it's the final game played, I should say. Before the deadline. Before the deadline. So you've got that. Um, and then I think that after that is the three-game road trip, then it's the All-Star break. So, I mean, there's some things here, some benchmarks yeah. that are coming up that uh, – you know, kind of define a season too, like the halfway point, the trade deadline, the all-star game, and then it's the sprint to the finish. I mean, the good news is you got that seven game homestand starting March 7th. Um, and that's a homestand with the exception of a couple teams in there, like the bucks, like that's a homestand. They can get really healthy on there. They're, again, it's the Kings. You don't know. Um, you have a home and home back to back. Well, and by back, this is, this is maybe the weirdest schedule quirk of the year, Jason. They play March 25th, they host the Sixers. Then the next night, they play Dallas, mm-hmm. Tuesday. And then they play Dallas again at home on Friday. Right. They play the Sixers Monday, March 25th, Dallas Tuesday, March 26th, and then Dallas Friday, March 29th. I wonder if Dallas plays the Warriors or the Lakers uh, or Clippers or they, something in between. There's got to be something in there. You know what? That's a great point. Because a lot of times people, you know, if you play a team twice in three days or back-to-back, you know, they stay there, but that's an extra day off in between. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Dallas does something. Nope. Dallas is here that whole time. They're going to get in. They play. They play. So they are on the second game of a back-to-back. They play Utah on Monday. In Utah. Then they're going to fly in Monday night. Then they've got Sacramento on Tuesday. And then they're here Wednesday, Thursday. They get two full days in Sacramento. That's when we'll have Luca and Kyrie and Cuban and Rashawn Holmes all in studio. All in studio. Yeah. It'd be nice to have Rashawn in studio. Would the four be able to handle it? Handle uh, it. By the way, not for nothing as we break. Anybody... (laughs) Anybody see what? old uh, Luca get crossed up last night? I yeah. felt it. Oh my God! Did you feel it when, when he like, landed? Whoa, <laughs> that was on the seismic meter. 
That's a bad joke. We'll take a break when we come back. Let's go around the NBA. There's a lot of scoring last night on a very, very special day. We'll explain next. Waking you up with the best in local sports. They just make it interesting, you know? It's the Carmichael Dave Show with Jason Ross. On Sacktown Sports. Tobias with that basket a moment ago, now 10. Here's a beat against Wembenyama. 15-footer straight away, up and good. And beat now 13 field goals on 23 tries. Half-court Philadelphia in blue, their city edition uniforms. They go into a beat. It beat against Wembenyama. Fakes, banks it up and good. Embiid got a deep seal in the lane, shot it on Wembenyama. Embiid with 40. Embiid and David Robinson with games like that. Embiid with the ball after a steal. Joel drives it down the lane, left hand lamp, it's up and good. 70 points for Embiid. Cat will bring it up into the front court. Just looking to drive on P.J. Washington. Spins, goes up, jump hook, counted for two more. He's up to 34 first half points. Cat has been special here in the... Looking left, here's Cat, turns, fires, deep three on the way, he got it again! It's a 30-footer for Cat! He has 41 here in the first half, a new career high. Baseline, Towns, jump hook, got it for 60. He ties his own career high and franchise record. Towns rumbles down the lane to the cup, he got an easy bucket there. It's been a struggle here in the fourth, as he had missed five of six shots. But now he's hit, and he's up to 62. Into the corner, Brandon Miller. Miller, three on the shot clock, has to hoist from the elbow. It is good! Brandon Miller, 11 for 12, a new career high for field goals in a game by the rookie. And the Hornets are up five now. Towns, logo three for the tie. No! And the Hornets have won it on the road at the Target Center. LaMelo is 5-1 against Anthony Edwards. And despite a career-high 62 from Carl Anthony Towns, it's the Queen City wearing the crown tonight. 128-125. Charlotte with the victory. Mm. So Carl Anthony Towns with a huge night in a loss and Joel Embiid you think you think maybe part of what he was doing there's a little uh hey there Wemby uh yeah <laughs> yeah not yet pal yeah and Victor had like 33 and seven. he had right. a really good game but no one's gonna talk about that dropped 70 on his dome yeah made him look like uh Marvin Bagley in that one picture and, and they did it kind of I mean they do it differently obviously but Towns hit 10 threes yeah Joel hit one but Joel has like 21 of 24 from the line. Right, of course. I mean, he gets a lot of, I mean, 24 free throw attempts. Like, Joel Embiid is better at free throws all the way around than the entire Kings. Team. Yeah, though they had a good night last night. They did have a good yeah. night. Uh, so, great night for Cat. Kind bad, of. Bad night for the Wolves. Great half for Cat. Right, yes. And uh, what did he have? I think like nine in the third and then four in yeah. the fourth on a really bad field goal. And he was forcing shots. Very much so. And his teammates were facilitating him mm-hmm. forcing shots. And I think Chris Finch, the uh, head coach of uh, the, the, the Timberwolves, noticed that. And uh, he had comments after the game. It was an absolute disgusting performance of defense and immature basketball um, all the way through the game. So it really didn't slip away. It had been there from the jump. So 
this is what happens when you uh, have this type of approach. Hmm. What do you think you meant by immature basketball? Uh, not playing the right way, playing to get. I mean, it felt like a night where Carl Anthony Towns obviously was having a big game, and they just kept feeding to that. And it's like, hey, if that's being taken away from you, we got they got other players. They had built the one seed for a reason. So, yeah. I mean, Cat's good, but Edwards is too, and Gobert and other guys can um, contribute to their success, and they got away from that. Meanwhile, poor Kevin Durant. Poor Kevin Durant. Poor Kevin Durant. He was just, you know, he just had his little game, and – you know, his team beat the Bulls at home by two. Yeah. Uh, he hit the game enough. winner. Uh, hit the game winner. He had 43 points. It's like 43. 43, you know, whatever. What what I thought was kind of cool, and this is, I don't know, probably I'm sure a coincidence, but the anniversary of uh, Kobe Bryant's 81 mm-hmm. against the Raptors and Jalen Rose, which spawned maybe one of the greatest commercials of all time between Kobe Bryant and Jalen Rose, and what did he say? I'll take 81 olives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting night. Joel Embiid, of course, anytime anything happens in Philly, you think of Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt, of course, had 100 points. Will we ever see 100 points? Um, It doesn't seem like it because, I mean, 81 was incredible by Kobe. 70 mm. is great. He's 30 away. I mean, he's... 30. Not that close. No. And, and he yeah. had a monster game. I mean, there's a couple things. Uh, look, scoring's up, pace is up, all that helps, and three-pointers are being taken. It, you kind of need the combination of – because Embiid can hit threes. So you need someone that can hit threes and get a bunch of free throws too, I yes. think. And then obviously just have a night. The game has to be closer. I, I think you need to be in a game that, hey, the other team's sticking with you. And um, I just – that even Kobe's eighty one, you're still nineteen away, and that's it's incredible, historic. But I don't think so. It's funny because it's almost impossible. It was March second, nineteen sixty two, Philadelphia Warriors versus the New York Knicks, and Will Chamberlain had exactly one hundred points on sixty three field goal attempts. He was thirty six of sixty three. He played all forty eight minutes along with his teammate Guy Rogers that played all 48 minutes. He was also 28 of 32 from the line. And what a lot of people don't remember about or don't realize about that game, he also had 25 rebounds. And you had three guys on the Knicks that all had 30 or better. But when you you just... I don't think we're ever going to have 100 points, but also, like, no disrespect to Wilt Chamberlain, but he's not doing that in the modern era. Right. Like, Wilt Chamberlain, and, I mean, kind of offense to the people he was playing. Like, there's no way I can say this without sounding terrible, but, like, he, you know, the whole whole thing about, like, well, he's playing against plumbers. Mm -hmm. Like, he kind of was. Yeah. Like, you've got a guy here who is legit seven foot plus, and they're basically just, not that he didn't have skill, not that he didn't need to make his free throws, not that he wasn't tremendous, but like, dude, if Shaquille O'Neal had 100 points and he was playing again, like what would Shaq have done in that game? Right, exactly. Come on, man. Yeah, different time. Murdered somebody. Right. (laughs) And it's not Wilt's fault. Put Wilt in this modern era with the medicine, with the evolution of just science and the body and like, there's a reason why we continually break Olympic records. It's because everything, the body, 
the the mind, the science behind it, the medicine, the training, like everything evolves. We will continue to break. I, I, we haven't really gotten in too many cases. Like track and field is always like the one you look at because that's the basics of what the human body can do. How fast can you run? How high can you jump? How long can you jump? How far can you throw the thing? Uh, you, you, how fast can you run the mile? Um, so you have everything in there that the track and field is like the most basic, I think, sport in the world. Like that's, that's the most basic athletic sport in the world. And we keep breaking records. So I don't think we are, but I have more respect for Kobe Bryant's 81 than I do Will Chamberlain's 100. Yeah. It's just because of the specialty, the amount of it. I mean, these guys are working at this all 12 months, four years, you know, for years and years and years. There's specialists, there's more coaches, yes. there's more video, there's more training. It's just, you know, again, with scoring being up and, and there's more skill probably involved in talent, there's also better defenses and schemes and ways to slow you down too. So it's, it's. I think it's going to be really difficult to do that. 6'4", 6'6", 6'9", 6'2", Six six, and six five. Those are the players that seven foot one Wilt Chamberlain was going up against. Right. So assuming he was guarded the entire time by the tallest guy, he's giving up four or five inches. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say Wilt also had a higher vertical. Just yeah. could be wrong. Going out on a limb. When, you know, it's like, well, men against boys. It is men against boys. Yeah. So when you see stuff la- like last, and then, by the way, none of this is to, you know, old heads out there. Like, I have a ton, you know, I have a ton of respect for the older generation. I do believe that if if a Wilt, a Bill Russell, a, you know, name them, yeah. was playing today. Just and too talented. They'd have figured out how to play today. 100% they yeah. would have. The whole, like, Wilt, you know, these guys wouldn't even make a team. Dude, please. Like, if you pick them up and, like, Marty McFly them to mm-hmm. today, there'd be challenges. But what we discount is no. But what if Wilt Chamberlain was born 24 years ago? He'd be amazing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But like, look at Wilt and then look at Victor Wimbanyama. Come on, dude. Right. Like, come on. It's just, it's just not the same thing. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's switch to football. We'll update you on Debo. We'll play Kyle Shanahan's comments again there. Uh, the Titans looking to hire a new coach. I think the Chargers are getting ready to hire a new coach as well, and it makes sense. And uh, is Deshaun Watson looking over his shoulder? We, uh, we've we got some comments from the Browns GM. We'll talk about all that and update you on the NFL and your home of the 49ers, Sectown Sports.